Today's scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Know ye, were, know ye uh, not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, uh, nor abusers of themselves with men, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye were washed, but ye were sanctified, but ye were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of his God. Amen. Good morning, church. Good to see everyone uh, today. Um, and I, I think I'm going to start with an apology to Barb um, Bankus. Last, last week I asked the question if anybody had ever been a slave, and evidently her hand went up and I missed it. Um, and uh, I believe it was later explained that she's been enslaved ever since you married Joe. Was that, <laughs> was that it? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so my apologies um, for, for that uh, miscue. Uh, today we're going to look at um, the idea of, of, of holiness and innocence. Um, it, it's a lot. I may have bitten off more than I can chew for one lesson, but we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where we go um, with it. The idea of, of sanctification with, with what uh, Zach read, that... There's, there's a mess of sins that are listed uh, in 1 Corinthians 6. It's, it is a, it's, it's a nasty list. You know, and if you think back to um, you know, some previous lessons within the last couple of weeks, Paul used the language you know, that we, we no longer do the things that we, were, that, that we were ashamed of. The things that we used to do should bring, should bring the idea of shame to, to our minds because of what they represented, uh, because of the uh, of the uh, the entrenchment in sin that they that they were, and 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 so we have this idea, this this calling, this hope, uh, this this principle that is laid out um, for those that that used to participate in that type of stuff. And again, we're, we're going to look at it uh, one more time as we, as we embark upon this. Um, because when we, when we do, it reminds us of, of that darkness, of that, of that walk without Christ, without the Spirit. And one of the things, as we've talked about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that Paul brings forth here is that through Christ... In the Spirit, we can be sanctified as well as justified. And those are, those are words that, that roll off the tongue. We're going to take a little bit of time today to go back and look at the idea of sanctification and what it really means and what God did to help bring the understanding to our minds, to, to His people, um, so that they had a clear concept. Um, and, and, a, and a clear understanding that you could find sanctification. You, you could find this holiness, this purity 
that is there, that, that he wants um, for us. And so that's, that's where we're going to go. And so one more time, or know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so under the banner of unrighteousness, right, he's going to give us a, a, a listing here. And throughout scripture, there's, there's many lists, right, that outline sin, outline a walk that is outside of, of God, outside of Christ, outside of the Spirit. And, and this, is, this is one of those. But the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, uh, nor abusers of themselves with men, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revelers, um, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such some of you were. And so you've, you've got that list um, in this particular context. And, 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 and it would bring to, to those that are reading it, that are hearing this reading, right, the, the, the reflection of that time of life, that, that, that phase um, in their lives where they walked that particular type of walk. But he goes on to say, but you were washed. The idea of the, of the cleansing, right? Israel, um, the, the nations back then, they, they practiced washing. You know, the idea of baptism was not something new that, that came on the scene. They, they had for thousands of years had ritual washings um, that they understood when they did these things, it was a, it was a process of cleansing. It was a, it was a process of preparation um, to, to be um, in, in the presence of God. And so he tells them that you were washed, but you were sanctified, but, so he uses but three times there, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and in the spirit of, of our God. And so therein lies that promise, that hope that he wants people to take on and to, to wear and keep with them um, in, in, their, in their daily lives. To sanctify means to, to simply to, to make holy or to, to purify, right? And Peter talks about it. You know, the idea of the, of the purification process, when you're purifying precious metals, right, They're, you're getting rid of, of the impurities that reside within them, that on the outside of that process, that outside that, that process that involves heat, that you come to a point with something that is pure. It is now free from the things that made it impure. It, it was not all one element. It was not all that it was intended to be. It had things in it that contaminated it. And the, the idea of purification is to bring about a result, to bring about something new and something that is pure, something that is perfected, something that is, in Scripture, something that is holy. And so when you and I and all of those that are in Christ go through that, that washing, that process, on the outside of that, we are something new. We are something different, right? The new self, the new man, the new walk. Well, what it means is that we have been cleansed 
of the things that, that are impure, that those are no longer that which define us. It no longer defines us. We are now defined differently. We are defined as something that is pure. This idea of sanctification is, is to not, it's not to be taken lightly. We should embrace that and, 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 and hold on to it so that we continue to strive when, when we find ourselves in impure moments, when we find ourselves in the presence of, of temptation, it should help bolster us so that we can, can stand firm, so we can withstand those temptations because we have an understanding, right, and recollection that we're something pure now. We're something that has been sanctified and we no longer want to be tainted. We don't, we don't want those impurities to come back upon us and change what we are, who we are, and whose we are. And so the, the marrying of this idea of the purification process, that, that which is now holy and set apart, is also married here in, in 1 Corinthians 6 with the idea of justification. And that idea of justification simply means to become innocent to be innocent. Now I believe that, it, that in its purest essence, it means to be free, right? Free from the encumbrance, free from the sin, free from that debt, right? If you, if you remember last week, we dealt with the idea of, of freedom. Freedom in Christ, freedom from sin. That debt that had been paid on behalf of us, on behalf of you, on behalf of me, has, has set us free. And we are now innocent. We are innocent of that sin. We are innocent of that debt, that requirement, right? So we have been purified, we are something new, and we are free. We are, we are, in, we are we're, we're declared innocent of that debt of, of, of sin. So the idea of the sanctification, we're going we're gonna to go back and look through um, the Old Testament, some Old Testament scriptures. Um, and I'm going to keep, keep an eye on things because this, again, it is a, it is a lofty subject. Um, but we should come out of it with that better understanding of, of who we are and what has, been, what has been done for us. And so in the beginning, right, when you go back and look at this idea of sanctification, it didn't just show up in Romans. It didn't just show up in, in the New Testament. In the beginning... God introduced the idea of sanctification, that which is, that which is holy, that which is, is pure, that which is called out for a specific purpose. And, he, and, and we see it in Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. This is after the creation of, of, of the earth, of the universe, of all of, all of life. He says, on the seventh day, God ended the, his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God had created and made. And so he teaches us early on the, the concept, the idea of that which is set aside, that which is pure, that which is holy, 
that which has specific purpose. He wants, he, he wants that to be observed. He wants that idea, right, to, to be part of the lives of his people. And, and, and as we know, right, he, instru he instructed Israel to keep the Sabbath and to keep it holy, to rest on that day and to observe and to keep in their minds the idea of sanctification, that which God has made holy. We see in Exodus, and there's many places we can look. We're just, we're just going to look at a few, but Exodus 19. Um, so Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people or sanctified the people, and they washed their garments. And so you have that idea of that washing, that cleansing, that, that preparation. And so he has come down from the mountain and he has sanctified the people and he said to them, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and thick cloud, a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. And so here we see it presented to them again, the idea that the people were to be sanctified, they were to be consecrated. There was a preparation, a washing, right, in order to be in the presence of God. And so as they, as they prepared to go to the mountain, to the foot of the mountain, they had this instruction that there were things for them to do so that they would be in a proper state, a proper state of preparedness to be in the presence of the Almighty God. Leviticus chapter 8, Moses took the anointing oil, and, and we're going to see it over and over again, right, in all, in all the aspects of everything that they do in their lives and in their worship structure, this idea of sanctification is, is, it is embedded, it is intertwined in all aspects of their, of their walk. Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all, all that was therein and sanctified them, right? Separated them, made them, made them holy specific purposes for a relationship with God. He sprinkled there, thereof upon the altar seven times, anointed the altar and all his vessels, both the laver uh, and his foot to sanctify them. Right in the, in the laver, a way of, of, of reminder is that, is that brass container, that brass pot that, that would reflect a person's image and would hold water for for cleansing, for washing. And so everything was sanctified for them, to sanctify them. He, he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head. He anointed him to, to sanctify Aaron. So all aspects of the tabernacle is being sanctified. The vessels, the labors, his feet, Aaron, sanctifying Everything And Moses brought Aaron's sons, put coats upon them, girded them with girdles, put bonnets upon them as the Lord had commanded Moses. 
And so what I want us to gather here is this idea of a completeness. That which belongs to God in completeness must be sanctified, must be holy, must be pure, rid of the impurities. All of me, all of you. We could end there. If I get a lot of amens, we, we might, right? But, but that, I mean, that, that's it. That's ominous. I'm not kind of sanctified. All of me is sanctified. It reminds me of a joke. I've heard it before. You all have heard it about a guy who was getting baptized, and as, they, as, as the minister put him under the water, he held his wallet up out of, out of the water, right, so, so that his wallet wouldn't get baptized with him because he didn't want that to be a part of his, his commitment. Yeah. Um, all of me, all of you, sanctified, purified, called out, holy, a, com- a completeness of holiness and purity. Every bit, every bit, every bit. And so that, speak, that speaks obviously to all aspects of our lives. You know, as, as we should reevaluate ourselves on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. I mean, and that's one of the reasons that, 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 that God gave us the communion service um, to, to partake of on a regular basis. Because we're told in Corinthians to examine ourselves, right? It, it requires a constant examination so that I look at myself and look at what I need to improve upon, things I need to change where impurities might creep back in or where I've not really been fully committed, like holding the wallet out of, of, of the baptistry. Complete evaluation for complete sanctification is, is, is what he wants. Leviticus 8, 14. Additional ideas and exist, additional examples of, of sanctification and, and, and blood is a huge aspect of it. And we, and we can make the application of that with regard to sanctification, can we not? He brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons and their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. And he slew it. Moses took the blood, put it upon the horns of the altar, round about with his finger, and purified the altar, poured the blood at the bottom of the altar, and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. And so we see the idea of, of blood being part of this sanctification and, and purification process. And that is something that, again, they practiced on a regular basis as individuals, as families, as a nation, right? The idea of sin offerings, blood given to make one pure to pay, to give, that, to give that, 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 that freedom, that purity, that holiness. It requires, requires blood. Romans, we spent a lot of time in Romans uh, here in, over the last couple of weeks. Here you see him again with the, with the thread of, of sanctification, purity, right? When you, when you hear the word sanctify, Think of, the, think of the synonyms, purity, holiness, set apart, 
I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you uh, very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And we see, a, we, we see this thread now, as we, as we begin to look, we see this thread showing us that the people, right, not just things, but the people, the saints, the church, those that have been called in Christ Jesus are to be His sanctified, are to be His pure, are to be His holy people. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sothenes to the church, right? To the church, the application, the universal application to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place Call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. And so we see that we see the universal application for his church. What he wants, what he expects, his church, one and all, everywhere, has been sanctified, has been called to be his people through Christ Jesus in his spirit. His church is to be holy. His church is to be pure. Don't have the slide, but I'm just going to read this. Um, Ephesians chapter 5. The church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself up for her, that, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot, no spot, or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. And that is his idea for us. The, the, the commitment that we're called for, called to do, right? To be holy, to, to be blameless, to be spotless. It's only obtainable through Jesus Christ, right church? Right? Yes? That's participation, yes. Right? Because it is too daunting, you know, it can't be done through works, it can't be done through the old law, it is only through Jesus Christ. That gift that was given, right, that free gift that was given, the, the debt that was paid on our behalf, provides that cleansing, that, that ability to be spotless, to be pure, right, without, without wrinkle, without defect, that's... That's you, and that's me. 
That, that is our call. It, it, is, it, it is obtainable through Christ. And, and it is not to be taken lightly. It, it, it is not something that we kind of do. It is what we are called to be. And, and that should be the challenge for us. To, to be spotless. To be pure. To be sanctified through, through Christ. Hebrews. And then we'll, we'll take a couple of minutes and look at the, the tag team portion of this, the idea of, of, of innocence. But in Hebrews he says, uh, and, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Talking about the old, the old priests. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are, and listen to this language, who are being sanctified. That, that is that idea of walking in the light, staying in Christ. We are continually being Sanctified. We are continually being washed. We are continually being purified. And so that, that we have to hold on to. Otherwise we lose heart. Otherwise we want to give up. Otherwise we want to throw in the towel. We have to know, right? That's where, that's where intellect has to also be a part of emotion. Because emotion can derail us when we fall short, when we sin. It, it is the knowledge, and that's why he talks about knowledge. It is the knowledge of of what Christ has done for us that we have to hold, hold tight to. At that time, the, disciple, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest among uh, the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never Enter the kingdom of heaven. So we've gotten a couple of nevers that we've looked at today. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, right? Th that, 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 that list of ashamedness will never enter the kingdom. Jesus says here, if you don't become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And you have a lot of, you know, a lot of fun and discussion with regard to that. Um, you know, and, and, and Samuel turned four, and, uh, and whenever I hear a kid four, it makes me think of Bill Cosby. I'm, I'm four years old. Y'all got her, some of you got to remember it. Lauren had no idea who I was even talking about, um, the mother of, of, of Sam, right? But Cosby has a great take on kids, you know, and, and what they do, and, and, and he talks about, you know, people saying that kids are really truthful, right? And then he says, that's a lie, right? Um, kids, what is it that Jesus is pointing to, right? Is it, is it because they're trusting? 
Is it because they're dependent on, on others? Um, is it because they're, they're honest? Is it because they never hit their siblings? Or want to take toys away? And if that doesn't resonate with you, you need to volunteer back in the cradle roll a little bit. It's a great place to be, right? Now, they, they do that stuff. They'll hit one another and knock one another down and bite one another and take one another's toys. I mean, they, they, they do that stuff, right? They do that stuff. They're messy. But there's an aspect that Jesus wants us to know, wants us to understand about children that we need to take on in our lives that we need to that we need to possess that we need to 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 grasp and grip and what i believe it is is this idea of justification innocence that word means to free and to be innocent well innocent of what innocent of not taking wren's toys Right? Innocent of not biting another one? No. I believe that it is an innocence of sin. Children do not have upon their heads the, the guilt and the blame of sin. And Jesus wants us to be that. Because if we don't take on that which makes us innocent, which is the justification, then we cannot enter the kingdom. It, if we have the sin debt upon our shoulders, upon our head, we cannot enter the kingdom. We have to accept first that sanctification and then that justification that freeness that he gives us through Jesus Christ, that which was provided right, through Christ's sin offering, right, that, that continual cleansing that he provides, that he offers to us. And so when he says, be like children, he wants us to understand that we are to be free from that sin debt. He wants us to be. He gave his only begotten son for that specific purpose so that we could be reconciled to him, so that we could be free from that sin debt, so that we could once again, like Adam and Eve were in the very, very beginning, they were innocent. They were innocent until they took upon themselves sin and that sin debt. And he wants us to be in that position and in that place once again. Innocence. <clears throat> For by works, works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Can't get there yourselves is what he's saying. No works within the law can can justify you. Only thing that can justify you, only thing that can free you, that can make you innocent, is Christ. 
But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. It's been shown. Other than the law, it's been shown, and it was shown through Christ. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short, not fallen, fall short of the glory of God. And are justified free by His grace as a gift. There's that free gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. That's that, that's that big word, right? That one-sided offering. What He and only He could do. That propitiation by blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded by what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. That faith in what Christ did for us. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of law. And, and one last comment, and the lesson will be yours. Yet we know in Galatians that a person is not justified by works. And it's just a reminder, right, there's nothing we can do to earn that freedom, to earn that innocence. There, no amount can we do, right? It doesn't mean that we don't do, but we don't do in order to be saved. We do because we have been saved. Not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Well, certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might uh, live to God. In his summation. I have been crucified with Christ, right? There's that, that, that symbolism, that imagery. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. And so holiness and innocence is what we want to strive for. It's what we want to keep in mind in our, in our daily walk. We want, to, we want to embrace the idea that we have been purified. We want to remember and not do the things that are shameful, that we'd be ashamed of, right? Everybody, I mean, everybody's got shame in their life. But we have been purified. From that and we need to hold to that we've been created as a bride spotless and clean without 
without the impurities so that we can be free, so that we can once again, right, enjoy and live and walk in that innocence, right, without having that sin guilt, that sin payment. It's, it's, been, it's been done. And so, church, that's, that's the way we need to go forth. That's, how, that's what we need to keep in mind. That's what we need to remember on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that we need to strive, right, for that sanctification and that, that purification. If you've never been sanctified through Christ, never been justified, never been washed in the waters of baptism, we would encourage you, always encourage you, to do that. If there's any other need that you might have, we would invite you to come while we stand and Robin leads us in song.